You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. Yes, we're back. I know some of you like that. Some are probably like, geez, again? Yes, again. Hi there. I'm Randy Ritter. And I am Jeremy Griffin. Yes, we're back with another edition of Scatter Shooting. I have my Yellowstone Dutton Ranch uh, hoodie uh, on, even though... You know, when uh, this day started for me, well before the sun came up, it was a tad chilly outside. Now it's so I have my hoodie on. Now the sun is shining and it's uh, nice and warm, but I haven't been home uh, to uh, change. But uh, anyway, I thought I'd wear this today because uh, Yellowstone is on uh, hiatus until the summer. This is what I want to tell you. That Yellowstone's on a hiatus until no. the, I already know that. No, you know that. <laughs> no, Lori and I just finished 1898 or 1883, 1883. The first prequel. Chronological. To, yes, yes, yes. What'd you think? The uh, one with uh, with uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Hill. Yes. I thought they were awesome in the show. I was very impressed with them in general. I was too, um, yes. No, so we, uh, everybody around us is watching Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. We haven't watched any episodes. All I've I ever know. seen is clicks. Or, right. I mean, uh, right. clips. Yeah. So we decided to watch the chronological story of the Duttons. And so we watched 1883. We thought it was really good. I It was it was hard for me. It was a little slow. Um, the uh, Mostly because, I, you know, I've already said this before. I'm not a Westerns guy. So it's a straight-up Western. Yeah. Have you... Yeah. Uh, you still, if I remember right, have never seen a John Wayne... Western yes. or movie, movie period. period. Yeah, which would be a Western or a World War II story. That would be primarily. <laughs> he did, a, you know, a couple other uh, things. He did one called Hell Fighters uh, about uh, fighting oil well fires. Mm. Did one called uh, Brannigan uh, about a private eye in Ireland, I think. Did one with Maureen O'Hara called The Quiet Man, also set in Ireland, which is a great movie but it doesn't really have anything to do with hmm. you know wars or westerns for that matter yeah no i haven't seen one though um but here here's the thing it was kind of interesting to me is um i haven't i don't recall seeing a movie set in that time frame of anything any kind of show set in the post-civil war oregon trail time frame i just don't think i've ever seen a movie that or any kind of show in that okay. time frame. So, was well, there really, are many there out are, there. Yes, but, there are. But again, I don't like westerns, so, right? So yeah. you know, if you're not watching westerns, you probably ain't seen a whole lot of exactly. those. Exactly. And so for me, <laughs> what I was, I think, what was really interesting to me. Uh, let me just say, okay, can I give you the one thing that I saw as a plot hole? Maybe not a plot hole, but just a a, a problem. I'm like, why didn't they just do this? Like a simple solution to their issue. So they're on the Oregon Trail, trying to get to Oregon. Yeah. And they've got all they got across all these rivers. And the first thing that comes from mind is, well, aren't there any bridges? And I recognize that in 1883, there probably wasn't a plethora no, of bridges. How there weren't any. Okay. But here's the hole. Okay. Right at the beginning, they say, Why don't you just put these people on a train? Now, is there a train bridge? Are there bridges for the trains? Okay. Okay. Now. Well, but you're not going to run a covered wagon over a train bridge. Why? 
you might get run over by a train for I, one thing. No, I know, but you're able to. You could. You weren't going to die if you methodically do that, and you take turns, and you you have scouts way on one side and way on the other. You you. Well, there's also it. there's also with the rails. The, you the, know, and the and the tie, yeah. yes, I, yeah. I mean, you're gonna. That's not really it, gonna work. I, I realize that it. Okay, so here's my thinking. I feel like they could have made a solution that would make it work. I feel like the ingenuity that existed and that I saw them employ. Because well, I there mean, were probably some areas where they were, did, you know, do something. But you know, for the most part, a, a lot of that stuff, it was they were blazing. Most of the trail. Well, right. Now you I know, get that. and and that's all it is. I mean, as a trail. Well, and and where even other still, covered wagons. Why? Have you, why you gone. wouldn't just? I guess my point is, why wouldn't you just stick with the train tracks? Okay, here's the other. Here's here's the other thing that even obviously you you're not thinking about. Obviously, because that's my yes. issue. Well, it would it would screw up some of the drama in the story. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I mean, see, here's Hello. the thing. You know, Sorry, do you Mr. ever Sheridan. watch? Do you ever watch cop shows? <laughs> no, because of the same stupidity. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to point out something to you. Yeah. I watch a lot of cop shows. Yeah. You know, and there are several good ones out there. Chicago PD, the FBI's as they're called, Blue Bloods, uh, NCIS, all that. Yeah. I can't tell you. It happens almost every episode. Where whatever they are, whether cops or the NCI, whatever, they're out looking for a suspect in something or other, okay? Mm-hmm. And they spot the guy coming on the sidewalk or across the street or whatever. Well, they're usually not in uniform. Right. You know, they're in a undercover clothes or a, you know, a suit or something like that. And you're in lots of times New York. Yeah. Where a lot of people lot walk of people. around in suits. Right. So I am guessing that the real NYPD or FBI or whatever, they see the person they're interested in and they just... Wait. Yeah. And then they walk up to them and say, you're under FBI, arrest. you're under arrest. Yeah. In the cop shows... They pull a gun from 70 miles away and say, freeze! FBI. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they take off running. I know. And then that sets up a whole, and they're really good. It's for the story. You know, I get chase it. scenes and I stuff like that. But life is still interesting. Your, I, I mean, it would be very impractical for a covered wagon to get up on railroad tracks and try to do anything. As impractical as crossing a river where they died for sure. Well, you're just not gonna. I mean, how many? Okay, well, I how mean, many I just cars? Don't know. How many cars do you see get up on railroad Listen, tracks and drive? No, I understand that point of it. Okay, all I'm saying is when you're in uh, Fort well, Worth, here's, here's the other grab thing. a couple sheets of plywood and just well, lay them out in but, front of you. If they could build the pyramids, with, Randy, they can cross railroad tracks in a wagon. The pioneers did not have alien help. Oh, that's fair. So I mean, come on. And they also there weren't railroads at that time. I mean, they're not a network of right. railroads. I mean, you know, in eighteen eighty three, you know, they were in Fort Worth, and there obviously were some railroads. The Transcontinental Railroad was finished in what was it, eighteen sixty nine, I think. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. that was one set of tracks. Okay, so let so so let me concede. 
even though I don't feel like I need to. But I'm going to concede your point, and I'm going to bring up another one that also was in the front end of this show. His family arrived on a train. Yeah. Why didn't they just stay on a train? Well, because Fort Worth in those days was the end of the line. But but what's-his-face said, uh, uh, Shay said, why don't y'all just get on a train? <laughs> I can't do it like it. He literally said, why don't you take the train to Oregon? So while that may be the end of the line, somewhere relatively close was a train to get on to go to Oregon. And maybe it's money, but it sure didn't seem to be money was the problem. Now, here's my theory on this and where I've given them a little bit of a free pass a little bit is obviously he was a rebel soldier and uh, Shay and and the other dude, what's his name? I can't remember his name, the, his buddy who ended up hooking up with the gypsy. Anyway, um, they were union soldiers. And so I thought, well, maybe he doesn't, you know, he's, concerned about being recognized or something because the other little thing is as is uh uh elsa talked about her dad had her hide the gold like she he hid some of their wealth in things and so so maybe there was some concern that i didn't that they never talked about in the show about what would be a problem with him taking the train maybe there'd be thieves or robbers or something but I've, well there were but no matter there, how you uh, slice uh, it another john wayne movie that that you have not seen is called mm-hmm the train robbers got it so yes but, there were some but, but you had also uh robbers and indians attacking uh right. the you know the covered wagon right and so here's again additionally my other problem with all this is i was my then thought was well how are you going to get like let's say you want to keep your wagon and your horses how are you going to pull that off when they hired cookie he said how am i going to get back and he said, we'll put your horses and we'll put your uh, wagon on the train, send you back. So clearly the train was an option for everybody but the immigrants. Well, maybe they just wanted to be independent. <laughs> maybe they wanted to go their own way. Clearly. Maybe they didn't like the way the train went. All I know maybe is. Maybe they wanted to. No. And it's also, you know, when you've got that covered wagon, it's like a motorhome. You got all your stuff in there. <laughs> well, I know. Right? You don't really need an order you know, home when you, may, you get there in two days. You may not be able to, you know, put everything all on the All I'm uh, saying train. is James Dutton acted irresponsibly, and his daughter would still be alive. Not today. His daughter <laughs> would have still been alive when they got there. Well, she was when they got there. <laughs> well, uh, because he... he Technically. Uh, well, they well, didn't get there. They didn't get to Oregon. Right. They got to By Montana. By the way, if you haven't seen Yeah, we're kind of ruining uh, some of this for you. But, you know, because he had decided that wherever she died uh, along that's the trail, that's, she, yeah. that's where they would be. And yeah. it was in Montana. Now, the interesting thing about what you're doing, I've, of course, seen all of the, the, Yellowstone. the main show. Right. Uh, you're not going to because there's you've seen the first prequel 1883 and next will be 1928 or whatever it is 1923 it's on right now yes and then there's going to be another probably two maybe even three more prequels because there's going to be one set in 40s 50ish another one maybe 70s 80s and then we get to the present somewhere in there or at least that's kind of the plan that they've yeah. talked about and 
So I won't be able to stay with this unless right. I avoid Yellowstone, which I'm not going to do. But right, but I'll, it will it know. will give you what one thing the prequels do because there's you're finding out some of the reasons for some of the things you see in Yellowstone. In Yellowstone, that's what I'm excited. That's why I'm glad I'm doing it this way. I know it's counter, but but on the other side of that coin, I'm like I, I'm going to have a unique experience than pretty much anyone I right. know. Right, because you will have started with 1883 and then. You will have seen at least part of 1923. I will wait till that's over before I get into before Yellowstone. Before you get into Yellowstone. Okay. And there, uh, I think it's 1923, I think, is coming back on February 5th. Yeah. So and then they'll probably finish. April or something. Yeah. yeah. And they'll they'll probably run that through. And I think of the, and I, I don't know, you know, if there's anybody watching, you know, that's seen all of these. I My opinion, we talked a little bit yeah. about this last week with Tom Miller, one of our buddies. Our producer. I think our producer, there we go, Not just our producer, uh, I think 1923 is the best of all of them. Mm -hmm. It's by far and away the the most elaborate. Elaborate. Yeah. I could tell and this by watching it, the preview. Yeah, it, it's, of course, it stars Harrison Ford yeah. and Helen Mirren. Right. And it also has uh, a former 007 uh, in it. Uh, with, uh, Timothy Dalton, yeah, and some other very big names. Speaking of, I I watched a a, a view with a, a view to kill, whatever. A Roger Moore. I've been watching a Roger Moore uh, Bond movie with uh, Christopher Walken as the villain. Oh, and Grace Jones. Okay. You remember? Grace oh, Jones? Grace Jones. So, sure. So this was my that was my first 007 movie. By the way, like whenever it came out, whatever it was, we had HBO. I don't know, but that was the first James Bond movie I ever saw. Uh, was that one with uh, Grace Jones? Now, how many have you seen? A lot of James All of Bond. Them. Oh, okay. Yeah. We probably had this. One. Who was your is? favorite? Yeah. Well, I I still or your favorite James Bond, not necessarily maybe your favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James favorite, Bond movie. Yeah, my favorite James Bond <laughs> is. Man, I, I still have to go with Sean Connery, and it's so hard because I think in a. Daniel Craig is um, great at it. So we did have this discussion, but it's, we didn't have it on air. So he, here's here's the deal. My preferred to watch, um, and, you know, thinking in terms of my favorite, I'm going to go with Sean Connery, and Daniel Craig is just neck and neck. Honestly, 10 years from now, I might say Daniel Craig because he's, well, probably won't because he's not going to do it anymore. But I like Daniel Craig. Now, with that said, the best James Bond, not my favorite, but by far the best stereotypical James Bond is Pierce Brosnan, hands down, hmm. in my opinion. Okay, he had the right everything about him to be James Bond 007. But, uh, but I liked he, what I liked so much about Daniel Craig is he made the James Bond movies in, more into a modern expectation action film. You know, like there's he gets hurt, he gets hit, he, he's vulnerable. Whereas the other James Bonds all take one or two shots to make it seem interesting and then clearly wipe out their opponent every time. And the villains never, uh -uh. The, the only reason the villains don't win is because the villains are always long-winded. You know, like, oh, you, da, 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 Mr. Bond, you're going to hit me with that little pea shooter? You know, they just talk and talk and talk. The Daniel Craig villains don't screw around. They're just trying to kill him. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's consistent in that way. Yeah. And And I think that it, makes it feel less fantasy and more what you would expect. That's probably true. And I, I would agree with you as far as my favorite James Bond. I, I'm right there with you between Sean Connery and Daniel Craig, because I think, you know, 
I'm old enough to remember when the first James Bond movies were out. Right. You know, it came out and it was like, wow, it's the greatest thing you know you ever see. And um, so Sean Connery is probably, you know, the number one because. Mm -hmm. But Daniel Craig, is, I I really really like, and I quite frankly I like a lot of other things Daniel Craig has done. Yeah. You know the it's the good. Knives Out stuff that he's in. I haven't in. seen that one yet, but it looks good. Uh, I, there's a second show or movie that's out right now. Mm -hmm. And so that, and it's really, here's what, the one I watched the first Knives Out show. And if anybody's seen it, they I'm sure they will get this. And if you haven't, well, it's, it'll, won't come as quite a shock as it did to me. Because Daniel Craig, I mean, you know, he's, and it, from, Great Britain, I forget if he's from England or Scotland or Ireland, whatever it is. And then James Bond, you know, he uses that boy. In the Knives Out, he has a big-time southern drawl. Oh, wow. And when you are looking at That's Daniel Craig, up, dude. and he starts talking, and you're like, what? See, wasn't Daniel Craig <laughs> in Cowboys and Aliens? I think he was. Yes. So in that one, I don't remember I his don't accent. Rem I don't. Remember I feel like either, it just, So it may have just been a regular. It may have just been him because I don't. I don't even remember him saying any more than one word at a time. Well, and and you know so, we have there are an awful lot of actors and actresses from foreign countries, especially Australia and Great Britain, yeah, who play American characters on television, right? And one we were just talking about. Yellowstone. Well, Kelly Riley, who plays Beth Dutton, first time I heard an interview with Kelly Riley, and she started talking in her actual Kelly Riley mm. voice, not Beth Dutton voice. I was like, oh, wow, she's a Brit. Oh, how about that? And, uh, and then, of course, there was Charlie Hunnam, who was in Sons of Anarchy. Mm. And uh, Charlie Hunnam is from Australia. That's like Rick from The Walking Dead. He's British. Right, right, right yes. All you remember and him saying, Carl, what you doing over there, Carl? <laughs> and and then you hear him talk like, uh, you know, playing Rick Grimes is one of the most amazing things in my life. Yes, like, wait, right, what? yes. <laughs> and you, you hear that. Well, there is an actress, and I forget her name, but when you watch 1923, uh, she it portrays an English character, okay? Mm -hmm. She's an American actress. But then you have... With a fake English British accent. accent. And then you have English actors with an American accent. Yes. You just swap those folks. Yes. Because Helen Mirren, she's British. Right, yes. Yeah. And, and Helen Mirren. Now, Helen Mirren in uh, 1923, it's interesting how this... Helen Mirren... Is using Scottish, an, right? uh, an Irish, Irish yeah. accent in 1923. She is married to Harris to Harrison Ford's character Jacob Dutton. Jacob Dutton, Dang who it. does not use an Irish accent. He uses his regular Harrison Ford is he uh, not, old man voice. Is, but he's, is he not kin to the Duttons? Yes, yes. So yes. was he not? So here is my so here is my I just theory. Find that without, and, and Helen Mirren had talked about this, but I, I, you know, it's like Jacob became a little more Americanized than she, she did. did. So here is my question: like my expectation is that when I am seeing James Dutton settle uh, Yellowstone Ranch, what it becomes Yellowstone Ranch, I presume, right? Because technically, 
They just buried the daughter. I don't. And they built and they began the ranch. They right began there. the ranch, and so my presumption yes. is that's the yes. that's the ranch. So I'm, right, my, and it in its beginning, and, and as you. So I was hoping the the Harrison Ford character. I I kept telling Lori. I said, I hope that's John Dutton, the little kid. No, I know now because you said Jacob Dutton, but. But it's my, Jacob Dutton and the, the Dutton family tree. You can find it online, but it gets a little complicated. But Jacob Dutton, Harrison Ford's character. Yeah. And James Dutton. Yeah. Uh, Tim McGraw's character are brothers. Really? Yes. So we're talking 40 years later. James Dutton was an old spring chicken. And Harrison, of course, Harrison Ford isn't either. <laughs> right. I mean, so Harrison plays, Ford is about what he is. So he plays in James's real brother. Life. Are any of the Duttons from uh, 1883 a part of this show, as character-wise? Spencer Dutton, Spencer, one of who was. Uh, no, actually, I don't think there was Spencer, only four Duttons that I saw on the yeah, show. Yeah, that's right. I think John. Oh well, yeah. Oh well. I can't tell you some of this. Okay, that's fine. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it soon, so it's okay. Uh, but y- yes, we'll start uh, tonight. There probably. is there there is from in 1923. Well, it can only be John. There's only four Duttons in the original one, so right. and one of them's dead. Yes, so it's- one of them one of them <laughs> is John. Yeah. All right. Elsa died, and then uh, Margaret uh, and John James. and Margaret, as you, and you'll find oh. out. Are yeah yeah. James, James and, and Margaret, Margaret. Uh, and you'll find out a little bit about this in 1923 because there's some shots of the cemetery, they get the you family there, don't cemetery, they? I guess. And um, James, I think on his marker it says night or 1893, so he lived ten about years ten later. years, and I think Margaret was a couple years after. So did she sing at his funeral? That. That's what I want to know. You don't see any of that. Well, no. see, because that was there's the no thing. Singing, Do you remember that no, line from 1883? Yeah, <laughs> but no, there's none of that. And That's there's nothing. Taylor Sheridan needs to call me next time because I'll, so far everything we've watched, I, this guy's this guy's the newest thing. He's yeah. got, he's the man. But, but what was funny is I kept thinking, first off, I, Sam Elliott, I need to figure out how much money I need to pay to hang out with Sam Elliott. Because this guy, he's a blast. Have you ever seen The Ranch? Well, of course I've seen The Ranch. Okay. It's the best show that, that's what, in my opinion, made Netflix original content viable. Okay. Okay. So, but See, anyway, I couldn't remember know. if you had oh or not. Oh, my gosh. Had. Yes. And, and it's. The Ranch is amazing. Yeah. Yes, it is. But anyway, I love Sam Elliott. I, this one I really was excited about, 1883, is I thought, okay, this is. Got the actors in I want to see. And then I, how, how beautiful is the Tom Hanks cameo that lasts oh, right. five seconds? Yes, and the little flashback to the Civil War. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, well, that's that's fun. He just said, hey, I want to play dress up. Can I come be on the show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love that. I loved, uh, I really just loved everything about it. I Some of it was a little predictable just because it has to be. You know, it is what it is. But by and large, I'm excited about it. I'm glad that I'm finally going through it because everybody in my world has watched Yellowstone. And I, Lori and I, when we go to dinner with somebody or we're just hanging out, we just sit and look at each other and let them talk. It doesn't bother us, but it's like I feel like it's necessary for me to participate in yeah. pop, pop conversations these right, days. Right, right. Because it is. It, it has taken the— It's the new the, Dallas. It, well, yeah, it is. Yellowstone is the new Dallas. And it, there hasn't been a new Dallas yeah. since Dallas, in my opinion. 
Yeah, that's really, that's, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. I was thinking uh, about it the other day. I thought, this is Dallas. And you know why? I went to eat uh, at a, uh, what do you call that place? The the Hibachi Grill. Okay. Went to eat at a Hibachi Grill, and we're sitting down, and so, you know, it's there's people, other people at your little table thing. Sure, yeah. And so we're talking with the couple we're with about uh, this. Like, we had just started uh, 1883. We got two episodes in. The guy next to me and his family and his wife, then they jump in and they're starting talking Yellowstone. And then we all started exchanging. And I I thought, you know, the last time this happened was who shot Shot JR? (laughs) You know, that that really is interesting in that, you know, because you didn't know those people and they've Mm -hmm. come from, you know, various walks of life and you just happen to be seated at the same Right. Table at the Hibachi Grill, and and these guys were like thirty miles away from their home too. So that's yeah, and so, I, but that's how popular that show is. I, I mean, it's set all kinds of ratings, records, and is and it on broadcast television too? The Paramount Network. So whatever, what's like locally though, it's on TV. Like, is that well? A, no, no. I mean, it's, it's only a, available through streaming. Uh, well, and cable TV. Okay, I mean, it's yeah, on cable. cable. Okay, it is on cable. Yeah, just like I, uh, just, I haven't had cable in over a decade, so yeah. I don't really know how they. Well, operate. Paramount Network. I mean, it's like Discovery or A and E or its own little thing. Uh, yeah, TNT. You go through the channel lineup, and yeah. there's oh, there's Paramount Network. I wish I'd have known that they had Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, on there because I got the membership. I'd already bought a lot of the movies that are on the Paramount thing, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know they had movies. Oh, yes, well, here we have are. A bunch. Go figure. Paramount having but, movies, but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what a right. surprise! I know it's. Shocking. I heard Warner Brothers has them. Fox has them. Yeah, it's all, all of them. And uh, you know, one of these one of these days, Paramount Plus, you'll need to watch the the Godfather movie, and, are, and then is the Godfather on Paramount? Yeah, I the think it's. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I have In a fact, I, I think you know when. Um, Oh man, I can't remember the uh but but the 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 documentary. Yeah, one. the documentary about the making of of the uh Godfather when that was streaming, you know, cuz they were dropping an episode new episode every Sunday or Friday or whatever it was. Yeah. They had all the Godfather movies. And I think there probably still are uh, There's on three, uh, right? The Godfather, Godfather 2, Godfather 3 okay. and um there may have been one more, but it wasn't very good. It doesn't count. And in fact, some people say... Three is not good either, right? Is not as good as one and two. And some say, actually, that they think Godfather 2 is actually better than the original mm. Godfather. I will tell you. See, but, this is a great opportunity. The fact that I've not seen John Wayne movies, the fact that I haven't seen Godfather, this puts me in a really good position to objectively evaluate in, in completion. Because I'm 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 a binger, right? So I'm going to watch Godfather one, two, and three in yeah. two days, and I'm going to go. All right, two was a little slow, or whatever I'm going to say. You know? Two will not be a little no, slow. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, well, I mean, you know, as long as you like blood and guts, I mean, you know, hey. See, to me, what I've understood things, how I've understood at this point is, Quentin Tarantino is a product of Godfather type movies. I feel like that the way he does his films probably were highly influenced probably, yeah. by Francis Ford Coppola and, and, and right. in that respect. Whether we're talking about The Godfather or Apocalypse uh, Now. Exactly, or, any number of sure, <laughs> sure. Coppola's movies. And, um, but, yeah, uh, Yellowstone is, 
it's it's really and there are times you know if you're when you're watching Yellowstone, you know you said 1883 some of it was slow and some of it was, and that's kind of that's kind of the way in some respects the way Taylor Sheridan works. Mm-hmm. You know some of it gets off to a little bit of a slow start kind of setting scene. You know the and then you know all of a sudden when you're just sitting there kind of going okay. And then you're you're getting hit in the head with sledgehammer, and you're right. just like, "Oh my gosh!" I will say, what messed me up on eighteen eighty three too is is the very beginning, because you see what happens in I think episode nine of ten. Oh, the the uh, the, the scene with where Elsa where she gets, gets shot yeah. with an arrow. Yeah, and so what happens for me is I'm trying to work out the whole time right, how right. we get there. Right, and. And so yeah. I remember that when it was about to happen, I told Lori, I said, well, because my thought is when you see that scene and you start watching the show, you think, well, she's all that's left. Like everybody's died now. And that's she's the last one making it. Because and I had the same thought because I was thinking, OK, this is her. This is Elsa because she's the narrator exactly. in 1883. It feels like her story. Right. And so you're thinking, OK, she's talking about. She's probably much older now, right. and she's talking about this is the way it was, and right. and all like this. So, uh, and I don't, I don't think it's her story. This is the weird thing. After watching it, it doesn't feel like Elsa's story to me. It well, feels it's not like, anymore. Well, it's definitely not. But I'm saying like, you get that feeling from the beginning. But but if I were gonna, I would say it's James's story. Yeah. It feels much more like James yeah. Dutton's story. You know, I I wonder if because. I, you know, could it be as simple as this, what I'm about to say? Probably not. But sometimes the simplest <laughs> explanation <laughs> is the explanation. Yeah. I love her voice in this. <laughs> yeah. And the way, the, the whole thing, the way she talks and how she yeah. sounds and Very all of poetic that. poetic. Yes. And I'm just yeah. thinking, maybe they just <laughs> heard her speak, heard her read a few so, lines and thought, I'm going to have her do it. Okay. I kept thinking. Let's do this. So two things about that. First thing is I thought she looked just like Jennifer Lawrence to me. I, I kept thinking, man, they could be sisters. But secondly, and maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't looked her up. No, they're not. Okay. Um, the other thing I thought is when you're talking about the narration, uh, did you ever see the uh, Romancing the Stone uh, movie? I saw Romancing the Stone, yeah. Okay, so. I don't uh, know. I probably saw two also, but it's Joel, been yeah, Joel of the Nile is the second one. It's, Thirty years ago, or yeah, 40 it's a standard. Now, it's it a is. standard sequel. So, Romancing the Stone with Kathleen Turner and uh, what's Michael this? Douglas. Michael Douglas. So, do you, she was a romance novelist, mm-hmm. and when they would do the cut scenes from her novel, she would narrate it. I saw the man who shot my mama and stole my Bible. <laughs> That's what Elsa reminded me of the whole time. Every narration, I well, just went right back to Kathleen Turner, and, and that, that didn't. Uh, it will if you watch it now. It probably yes, <laughs> I'm sure it will. And it wasn't bad. It was just well. It was. Here's something I'll tell you that it may take away a little bit of a surprise uh, factor, but it's not going to spoil the plot to any. When 1923 starts. Mm-hmm. Elsa's the narrator. The narrator? Yes. Does Even she, though she's dead? been dead 
for what would it be 40 years well and the fact see this is the other thing that messed i didn't like i wish they'd closed this up a little better or if they didn't close it up i wish they wouldn't have brought it up at all is when she's presumably in her little heaven she goes off and hangs out with her comanche boyfriend and the fact that he's going to be waiting for her they show you that at the you're sitting there going oh so he's waiting and you think oh they're going to wrap this thing up and then she shows up and you're like no they're not that dude I mean, he. Here's the thing. I what I've liked to have done is would have made sense to me. Is in that scene if he's sitting there waiting, you see her at a distance, and then she fades away, and like because, a mirage, uh, sort of. Yeah, because and and then you get a sense that he knows. It really would have brought the spirituality of the Comanche mm. into that, like. You know, I'm one with the land. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I recognize when the land is taken back with the one I love. And how are they talking? I don't know. This thing. But but you get that sense of it would make it, it would have connected that better. Now, it's fine what they did. But but to me, it would have been like, oh, OK, so that closed that end. You don't have some Comanche Indian guy just hanging out there on the range waiting for the flowers to bloom and saying, hey, where's Elsa? And dude, and- she, was she not just the loosest girl in the world? <laughs> I mean, come on. She she starts off on this trip being a virgin, and she hooks up with two different guys, and she flirts hard, bro. And flirt nothing. With the Comanche, she just went straight at it. Well, I mean, things were a little different in those days. Clearly. I mean, you know. Not if you, you ask were, Faith Hill. What? Faith Hill's like, what are you doing, well, you skank? You know. I actually thought it was interesting more how James responded to all of that. You know, I would have because you you have that sense of like, man, he's he's definitely a dad of a daughter who raised kind of a son, but a feminine daughter, you know, and the mom sitting there sees herself in the daughter and envies her lifestyle and such. But, you, you know, to me, even the idea that she was going to just bail on him after hanging out for a week with an Indian and never see him again. That's what it felt like. And then she's like, I'll go with you to Oregon. Well, you know, that's uh she should have stayed. Uh, yeah, she probably should have. Um, is that the way of life back then? Yeah. That's, see, that's weird to me. I, I wondered about that. Like, I thought, yeah. is that true to the, like a person just disappears and you never see him again? Because To a certain extent, because, you know, it's not like you could go to the airport and fly right. somewhere in two you hours. You couldn't call him. You couldn't call him. There was him. no address. So, so yeah. You know, it's, it's just weird. like when, when the Dutton family got on the train from... Tennessee and went to Texas on the way to Oregon. Yeah. That family or friends or whoever they left behind in Tennessee, they were more than likely never going to see them again. And never know when they die. And never know. Right. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, depending, uh, you know, they did still have, you know, the, I mean, eventually they had the mail service or the the Pony Pony Express Express and all that kind of stuff. So you could have sent, a letter, hey, you know, we got to Oregon. Right. It took Here's, us a year. If you want to reach and, us, you know, you can't, but yeah. And, uh, and eventually, six months later, that letter might show up, you know, at back in Tennessee. Oh, right we got address. a letter from James. Right. Yeah. And there is some of that in 1923. There's some yeah. letters, you know, and this kind of stuff. And, and there are, uh, some extensions of the, you know, 1883, you see, you know, the ranch house, of course, at the end of 1883, they hadn't built anything yet. And in 1923, then you see, you know, a 
significant house and all like this. And one thing that I, we may have talked about this last week over at Tom's house, but not on the podcast. This, the 1983, the scope of it and how much money they spent and all the details that went into the shooting of this has been incredible because the house that's in 1923 is an actual house. I mean, right. they built they built the whole house. A house, you know. In a lot of movies or TV shows, they're just a a facade. Right. It's not real at all. You have the exteriors, and a lot of it's styrofoam and plywood and stuff like this. But if you go on the Paramount Plus, you know, website, and you go to the eighteen, the nineteen twenty three page. You know, there's some stuff in there that you can click on extras and behind the scenes and stuff like that. And there's about a three or four minute piece in there showing them building this house, Hmm. which is the original Yellowstone Ranch house. And it's, you know, what you see in Yellowstone, which, of course, also is a real house and a real place. It's called the Chief Joseph Ranch outside Darby, Montana. And you can you can actually go there and buy a spend horse? a weekend. Oh. It's a uh, you know they have rooms that you can. Can I buy a horse rent. there? Uh, it is a working. It is an actual real working ranch. So maybe. So maybe. Yes, you okay. probably have to hit the lottery in order to do no, that. No, I don't. But they have relatively inexpensive horses. It depends in on existence. Depends know, on who you know. your relatives are. Well, it, that's true. <laughs> um. But I mean, that's the, the this house was, and it was constructed of native timber and stone and all like this, mm. just like the real Chief Joseph Ranch that doubles as Yellowstone yeah. was, and it looks like you know the very beginning of you know the first main uh, house. But it's really well done, and um, so I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of what I've seen so far. And I remember a couple weeks ago when they said. Next time on 1923, on February 5th, you know, I'm like, February 5th? The heck? And then they, you know, that combined with Yellowstone on a hiatus until we don't know when, sometime in the summer. Mm. So, you know, they did, they, this season runs 14 episodes, which is longer than any other uh, season. They did whatever it was, seven or eight, and then they'll do the next six or seven, whatever's left uh, over the... Uh, summer and uh hmm. so but it's uh, the whole uh thing is really well done and there's more you know coming up and and taylor sheridan is he's like i guess you know the hottest uh producer creator whatever in television right now tulsa king you know is out with some Sylvester Stallone too, that finished its run and um we're we're about three episodes into that and that's all uh, done here locally. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of the interior scenes were shot here in Oklahoma City downtown at Prairie Surf Studios, the old uh, Cox Convention cool? Center. And uh, a lot of it also, the exteriors, of course, shot up in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And, um, and all those, you know, those folks were here. I mean, most all of it was shot right here in Oklahoma, a lot of it in Oklahoma City and the Tulsa area. And then he's got another one going about uh, Bass Reeves, the first black uh, U.S. marshal who patrolled uh, southeast Oklahoma 
Hmm. Back in the day, worked for uh, Hanging Judge Isaac Parker out of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Interesting. And that's all a true uh, story. I mean, they'll obviously they'll the mayor. That's another they'll one. They'll doctor it up a little bit. Mayor, yes, mayor of, mayor Kingstown, of Kingstown. Jeremy Renner, cousin Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Who was in uh, uh, struggling with? Uh, you know, he's run over by his snowcat uh, here couple we had almost killed right and he has still i mean you know he's in the hospital still in icu with some pretty bad uh, injuries there's some rumors out on the internet that uh, one of his legs may have to be amputated oh like joseph so 1883 <laughs> oh yeah. that's yeah that was a good moment that's yeah Gross moment, no. um but 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 yeah and mayor of kingstown it's uh premiered its new season uh on sunday i guess i think the first episode dropped and it's really really good so a lot of stuff all right should we talk thunder basketball is that what that's for i, uh, I just thought the storm was moving in. no there's no storm well i mean i you know there's going to be a lot of lightning flashing down at paycom center tonight the oklahoma city thunder a lot of people you know the betting odds i think the over and under was 25 or 26 wins this season Woo-hoo-hoo. thought it would be a, another another season of tanking at the end of the year trying to get a top uh, draft pick barring injuries when now you know if shay and josh giddy get hurt or something well yeah you know maybe but as it is right now as it is right this particular moment if the season ended had ended last night they're in the play-in tournament. Right. I mean, they're in 10th place right now in the Western Conference, which gets you into the play-in tournament where the teams finishing with the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th best records have a little tournament, and then whichever two teams win that get the final playoff spot, 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. And, but... The Thunder in 10th place right now as they go into this game tonight against Indiana. But they're only one game behind the Golden State Warriors for 6th place in the Western Conference. And it's, uh, I think, four games, I think. Four games out of 4th place in the Western Conference, which gets you home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Crazy. I, I know. I, and, 40, uh, they, 40 plus team. 41. Well, the, you know, the way it looks right now, uh, it's they're certainly looking at they've won 22 games going into tonight, mm-hmm. which is the same number that they won season before last. Last season, they won 24. And we haven't hit the halfway park yet. Yes, we're right at we're, right we're, at we're it, right? just a couple games past, just past the it? halfway okay. point. Because the the, the thunder close, but. the thunder are uh, what uh, twenty two and twenty three, right? So that's forty five. So games. if they improve forty one is if they improve their win percentage by just a few points in the second half of the season, then they're uh, they're in. So I mean you know and the they've won three games in a row, six of their last eight, ten of their last fifteen. Right. They um, are playing really really well right now mm-hmm. and uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander will make the all-star team barring a 
collapse or whatever for his first trip to the All-Star game. Josh Giddy is uh, the improvement that he's, not that he wasn't any good last season. He oh, was no. pretty darn good last season. Yeah. He's He's been really good this season, and these last 10, 15 games, he's been just outstanding. And some of that goes to shooting coach Chip England that they brought in from yeah. San Antonio because his shooting percentages, his overall, his three-point shooting, and his free-throw shooting all much better than than last season. Right. And uh, so he's he's playing really great. So is Lou Dort. And remember, we haven't even seen Chet Holmgren. The guy that a lot right. of people were all excited about this season, thinking, oh, wow, you know, maybe the Thunder can get close maybe to a play-in spot if Chet Holmgren. Right. Re- well, they haven't even – he hasn't played and probably won't play. It'll be interesting if they actually make the playoffs. He might have a return date. Or yeah. A, not a return date. Now, whether they date. want – whether they actually want to put him out there mm-hmm. when he hasn't played all year – I wouldn't they, think it'd be worth anything right, to do that. But. Right. Uh, that's my opinion also. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he, theoretically, as we get toward March and April, that's kind of the time frame where he could be ready to to play. But they've said he's out for the season, and so... I can't imagine, especially as good as things are going right now, yeah. that, you know, because, boy, you would hate to see, you know, you put him out there, he hasn't played all year, and then something happens. Right. I don't think you want to do that. Well, even, even um, you know, a reasonable expectation is it could at least, I mean, screw up the chemistry that's been right. going on. I mean, Nobody gets hurt, but you just don't do well. Right. And so I don't really see... It kills momentum when doing that. Any, any reason to... Uh, you know, to to do that. But, uh, you know, I mean, things certainly could change. But it's really exciting to see them uh, playing the way they are right now. And they're getting starting to get a lot more national attention. A lot of people are talking about them. I would guess, you know, they, they were on TNT here about a week ago, I guess. And uh, because they, you know, they didn't have any national TV appearances except for four or five on NBA TV, which... Mm-hmm. It's kind of national television, but not really. Um, and then TNT switched out a game here last week and put in a Thunder game. I'm going to guess that you're going to see some more of that happen because the national TV schedule, what ESPN, ABC, TNT are showing, that comes out at, at the beginning of the season right. before anybody's even played a game. Right, And so – you're going to have games that looked like at the beginning of the season that are coming up in February or March that when they were scheduled, you were like, oh, this is going to be a great game. And now right. it's not right. because maybe neither team or one team, you know, lived up to expectations and the other team is not very good. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see, I think, some other Thunder games get placed uh, in there as we as we go through the season because they're win or lose they're a fun team to watch they are very entertaining and uh that's something that um i'm have really been impressed with the way things have gone so far this season and you know one other thing they have the third easiest according to records okay yeah 
They have the third easiest finishing schedule in all of the NBA. Oh, wow. And the easiest of the other Western Conference teams. Wow. So that definitely bodes well for them. Yes. Well, theoretically. Theoretically. Right. <laughs> We've seen them lose some games right. they should have won. Sure. sure. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is, like, yeah. The, you know, the game the other night in Miami. They right. should have won that. They lost right. it by one. They should have won that game. Yeah. And there's a couple others that you can look back on for sure. And, uh, you know, had they won those games that you kind of look back on, instead of being in 10th place, they might be only, a, say, a, and, a, and one game behind uh, the uh, sixth place, the Warriors for sixth place. They might just be one game out of fourth place. Right. And so, you know, but we'll, we'll see. Right now it's... Right now, it's fun. And Indiana comes into the game tonight having lost four in a row. Mm. So they're in a bit of a struggle right now. So maybe the Thunder can get the win. Gabe of course, Miami me, was struggling too, and they got beat by them. Right. So we'll see. Gabe, Gabe sent me a clip from, uh, I think it was Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Is he number 21? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Anyway, whoever number 21 but, uh, is. JRE is on the injured list, although hopefully mm. he'll be back. Which is not soon. relevant to my comment. About okay. Gabe, but. <laughs> Right. Anyway, he sent me a a, a, a video of him because he was all excited because Gabe, you know, I think most people know by now, but does the music for the Thunder, the, is the DJ that uh, plays all the prompts. And they were asking him specifically about the prompts, about uh, the what's being played when he scores and his thoughts on it. And, and uh, what's been interesting is, um, you know, for Gabe, that's just the – pinnacle of pinnacles you know but i remember you know dj boom when he was there all the time that i was there he was the same way man if they made a comment at all or they responded to anything he played it was like it's like he shook their hand you know <laughs> well you know what and i i get that i, I mean you know they're they're kind of playing that for them oh that's totally and and yeah. so you know to get those guys to acknowledge that i mean that's really that's neat. i think that's really cool well some of it's right. pretty predictable like trey man you know they always play what a man what a man what a man and so like again predictable but you go into a season looking at the different players and you think okay how can i take a quick little clip that addresses what they just did you know and Whatever Gabe plays on on for twenty one, I'm sure it's some modern hip hoppy reference that I don't know anything about. So. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that either. All right, we got oh. ten minutes left, and I, I have to ask you <clears throat> about. Uh, I feel like we need to talk a little bit of conspiracies with the uh, federal government at this point, because you know you, you look at what's going on with uh, our president. Boy, that's the first time well, I think I've called him. Our I president. had I had him locked up with my Corvette. I know. The it's uh, at least as safe as his Corvette. Yes, right, exactly. And then, and, then they know. found out. They listen to this one. This is the one I heard was interesting. Uh, I just heard this last night. But the the access to the ones that were in the office, the the, the documents that were in the office. Contributors from the Chinese Communist Party were in that office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come yeah, on. <laughs> you know there there were Diana. My understanding is uh, that the, some of those documents related to China, related to Ukraine, yeah, uh, related to the Russians, and it's also interesting. And I, you know, that people have said that uh, Hunter Biden was paying the big guy, right, Grandpa Joe, President of the United States. 
$50,000 to rent a room. Yeah. The average rent in that area, the highest, sorry, the highest rent this, this was 6000 a month in that area for a house. This was for a room. Right. A house was 6000 right. a month is the highest available right. rent in that zip code. Yes. And he was paying 50000 a month. Besides his rent. <laughs> right. But that here's what's worse. Skew things. But, but the irony is Joe Biden only claimed $18,000 a year on uh, his taxes of received rent. Shocking. Well, you know, most of that fifty thousand was money uh, laundering, anyway. Clearly, and uh, so that's that's where that's where that is. And where do you uh, think the Corvette came from? Well, you know, he's well, I yeah, probably. But Look, I mean, he's no, had that Corvette, I think, forever. Yes. And where but, do you think it came from? Well, it came. The dude from, has never had a job outside of public service. Forty years in the Senate. Right. And then vice president. And you know, only you know some. <laughs> You know, it's funny when you hear Republicans and Democrats go back and forth on all of this. You know, the 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 uh, Republicans are saying that because a lot of these documents are from the Obama administration. Right. Because that's when Grandpa Joe was vice president. And the Republicans are saying he stole these documents from another president. <laughs> and the Democrats are saying... Well, stealing, uh, that's that's pretty harsh language. And, you know, the Republicans go back, well, what else do you call it? Right. You know, these were Obama's records, not Joe Biden's records. Aggressively borrowed. Aggressively borrowed. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. And he has no authority as vice president to declassify anything. But now that he's president, he should declassify those documents that he has. I mean, it's too He's late. He's probably now. forgotten. Well, actually, he did forget that he had them. He did. He said or, it. Or, you know, he should have I remembered loved, I loved hearing he Peter Ducey question him. And he said, he said, basically, he's like, dude, it was in your garage with the Corvette. Or, you know, he says, with your Corvette. And he goes, well, it's not like the Corvette was in the middle of the street, it was in a locked garage. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, hey, man, like it's my that, Corvette. I'm like, not going to just leave it out there. I just like that that's a defense. Do you know there's not a place in my house for classified documents that's secure? In my house right now, there's not a secure place. I could argue this. I could say, well, uh, it was underneath the floorboard in a – or not floorboard because I don't have those, but I cut holes in the slab. And I had it buried in a safe in the slab, and it's still not secure enough to be in my house. Well, I, you know, Trump had his uh, document. Well, number one, he was president, and he had the power to de declassify right. them. But he had them, as far as I know, I mean, in a— They were in, in a locked room in Mar-a-Lago, which yeah. has armed guards outside of it. Right. So a Secret lot more— service. Yes. I, yes it's a lot more secure Florida than White my house. house. And a lot more secure than the Corvette garage in yeah. Wilmington. Even yeah. though at at time, and you know what? Here's another thing. I'm just like you people are just such idiots. Uh, when uh, the press is trying to get hold of Fox primarily, but the other networks, you know, oh, yeah. are jumping on this because the probably word is out now that we can't have Grandpa Joe be president anymore. Yeah. So the mainstream, the legacy media is getting on board with uh, getting him out of there, but. Um, they were trying to get the visitor logs for who all had been there uh, because it was the Delaware White House. Right. 
I mean, you know, Joe has spent more time there probably than he has the real White House. You know, and they're trying to say there are no visitor logs. And, of course, people on Fox are going, uh, <laughs> well, if there aren't any visitor logs, they've been destroyed. Mm. Because when the president of the United States is there right and people come to see him the secret service takes note of who it is sure they do and so now to say that there aren't any visitor logs is the only thing that could have happened is that they've been destroyed <laughs> because there were darn sure they existed at one time right because they're not just going to wave people in <laughs> and without you know, can I see your ID? I mean, they're not going to, you're just going to go, okay, yeah, go on in. Right. He's, he's the, uh, he's the old guy, uh, sitting in the big chair in the front room. I have spent as much time in there as you want. Really? No, that does not happen. And I think now they've even, uh, some of the administration people have said, oh, uh, well, yeah, actually there are uh, visitor logs. And yes, of course there are. Because the Secret Service, they're just not going to let anybody right. <laughs> walk into the house where the president is or whether or where the president is sometimes. Right. I mean, they're going to keep track of who's there and who's not. So, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, is uh, craziness. Well, uh, and, you know, one... Uh, Quick thing that's kind of in the headlines right now. Have you heard what's happening in Virginia mm. with high schools, with schools in Virginia? You know, this is where Glenn sure. Youngkin is now the governor, and the, the whole school spat was a big part of his campaign. And it's been discovered now, and, and Youngkin is absolutely on the warpath and is going to try and end it. You know, it used to be a Democrat state, and the Republicans came in because of the the all the problems, stuff. yeah, they were having with schools, uh, you know, getting all woke and parents upset about it and all, all this kind of stuff. And Terry McAuliffe, who was the governor before Yunkin, you know, that thing that he said in an interview, well, I don't really think parents should be involved in how their children are educated. Like, right. What? So, I mean, you know, how stupid is Terry McAuliffe saying something like that in an interview? Really? That's, yeah. So yes, there's he was not, voted there's out not of a office, parent but, on the planet who agrees with that statement. Fundamentally, you wouldn't think. I mean, because even a one that doesn't want to be involved isn't going to be okay with you saying shouldn't be involved. Right? They'd be like, right. "Yes, I should." Right? Anyway, yes. That's well, dumb. so what's going on now yeah. is uh, they have this. Some of the school districts there have what's called uh, an equity push. And so what they've done, um, they have withheld merit awards oh my gosh. from students who earned those awards uh, because basically they didn't want kids who didn't earn those awards to feel oh, bad. Oh, my Lord. And uh, so it's become... Quite a thing because, you know, the, the equality and equity gets thrown around 
and there's apparently more equity going on in some of these schools. It's the Loudoun County School District that uh, in Fairfax, in the Fairfax School District, kind of the same areas that have been problematic for a while. And uh, I'll just read this real quick. Virginia's attorney general has expanded the investigation into withholding of merit awards from students now that it's been revealed more than a dozen high schools did so in the name of equity. Fox News Digital spoke with Asra Naimani, a mother in Fairfax County, Virginia, and a journalist who broke the story in the City Journal on December 21st about the scandal. She said she didn't learn that her son, who graduated from Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology in 2021, she did not know that he was a National Merit Commended student until two years After. later. Jeez. And she and now several other parents have discovered the same thing about their kids. And uh, a lot of the kids, although not in in uh, this particular case, a lot of the kids are either have a an Asian background, uh, you know, Chinese, Vietnamese, born here, but have ancestry to right. China, Vietnam, uh, or are just or white, something, but not black. Right. And uh, so they withheld those awards. And the parents, now that they've found out, they're like, you know, our our kid could have been accepted right. at a better university than wherever they're going now. Right. Or they could have gotten a Scholarship. scholarship or a better scholarship right. if they were a National Merit Award winner, which it turns out they were. And so a lot of these parents, and, and you know, like I said, Governor Yunkin, there's a, now they're talking about a criminal investigation because of the withholding of this. A lot of people are saying not only is this something, you know, that's immoral, wrong, all like this, that maybe it's There's criminal. Damages. Yeah, yes. absolutely financial right. damages. Right. And, Provable. Uh, absolutely. So they're saying we're, we're now finding out that many other schools have withheld this critical accolade from parents and students. Withholding the National Merit Awards from children is immoral, unethical, and downright cruel, if not illegal. It's emblematic of a war on merit that has become a war on kids. And it, you know, it kind of goes back to all the participation trophies. It's stupid. You know, I mean, and my kids, I mean, my kids got participation trophies. But it, it means a lot less when you can just participate and get a trophy. Right. And, uh... So it's a bad trend in some parts of the country. So we'll see where that uh, ends up going. And, but I just wanted to get that in. You because just want it's to make really, me mad before we end well, it. Well, <laughs> it's really, it makes me mad. I know. You know, I mean, as, I like, kids as, as, as I like to say sometimes, it really boils my potatoes. It does boil your potatoes <laughs> from time to time. All right. That'll do it for us, uh, at least for now. But we will be back. Hopefully, 
next Wednesday with another edition of Scatter Shooting.